We're back. Time for another episode of the Chips and Bits podcast. I'm your host this month, Matthew Anderson, and with me as always... Oh, sometimes you say my name, yeah, and then see? sometimes you don't exactly. say Exactly. See what? It's hard when that happens. Oh, yeah. Kenny Myers, everyone. Hello! Happy to be here as always. Yeah, I am so happy to be here. It's going to be a good podcast, I'm thinking. God, I hope so. Talking about uh, talking Ge- about dishonored. Oh, I thought we were talking about gender issues. Nope. No, dishonored. We'll save that for another podcast. Kenny. Yeah, right. Like we would never do some stupid podcast about gender issues. Everyone knows you should just treat all genders, whatever. The, okay. Hashtag foreshadowing. Uh, so dishonored is the game, the the topic for tonight or today, depending on when you're listening to the podcast. And how would you like to start, Kenny? Uh, from the beginning. From the beginning. Let's talk about what it means to be a fair stealth game. Matt, thank you so much for starting us off with this introduction. No problem. Uh, you didn't really give us something that we could edit really nicely so that it does the cold open really well. But that's okay. We'll just kind of throw that out with the bathwater. Hey, I'm not here to make your job easier. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess we're going to have to make up something silly at the end just so I could tag it on at the beginning. And then you're like, where the fuck's the cold open when it's just music? And then I'm like, <laughs> you didn't fucking give me anything. Ah, fucking Shakespeare over here. The Mm -hmm. Shakespeare podcast. So, what makes a fair stealth game? Mm. That is the eternal question. That's the season three, three? Season three question. Arguably season three and a half, but we we had a lot of learning to do. The season three question is, what makes a fair stealth game? Let's see. Or really, I mean, a broader question is, what makes a game, really, if you wanted to thematically. what makes a fair... Stealth game. Thank so, you for asking that. So I'll tell you what makes a fair great. stealth game. Uh, one is one where if there are stealth elements, you have the ability to respond and put yourself back in stealth mode uh, with not necessarily, not necessarily easily or simply, but that there's no just absolute judgment involved. You have the ability to escape and recalibrate the situation. And so by judgment, you mean death. Immediate death. Gotcha. Yeah. And most games, almost all games have them, except for, I don't know, I can't think of any offhand, but I'm sure there's one out there that is unfair stealth-wise. So I am going to stop you right there. Go on. Because I, I'm curious. It sounds a lot like you, your definition of what a fair stealth game is contradicts what most people would consider to be a good stealth game. Interesting. Because a good stealth game, most people would argue, is a game that forces you to be very cautious and stealthy at all times. Now, I don't, I, that actually, my definition does, is inclusive of that. So it, there, there is a force, forcing function to make you be stealthy. Well, the best forcing function is <laughs> death. But there are better forcing functions that allow you to recalibrate sure. that. But I wouldn't argue that they're more fair. They might just be better in your opinion. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if it's so absolute and so random, and it's random. Uh, sorry. There we go. Random's good. That's, That's what good. I mean. There we go. 
Whew, sorry, it takes me a while here. Sometimes That's I right. just ramble on a tangent and then I regret it later. Sometimes. Yeah. The uh, If it's, it's seemingly random that you get caught, if the stealth rules gotcha. are set forward, mm-hmm. like Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid, you see the people's cones, their vision cones. Yep. Or in Dishonored, you have the ability to get out of a situation quickly if you need to, and eventually it resets itself. You can also see fields of vision. Yep, you can see mm-hmm. fields if you want to. If you want. So, that to me is a fair stealth game. Okay, so a fair stealth game is has... one where, let's say you're walking down the corridor and then all of a sudden a random randomized element pops out of the thing next to you and kills you instantly. That's not a fair stealth game. That's not a good... That's not a good game. That's not a game, Matt. It's not? It's not a game. (laughs) It's certainly not a good stealth game. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay. Well, now that we've established what a good and fair stealth game is. And fair. And fair. Yeah, like Fox News. Fair and balanced. We've arrived at a great moment in the podcast, Kenny. Because I feel incredibly confident that I can give you a review that you will understand in a single sentence that fully captures how I feel about Dishonored. You ready? Okay. Dishonored is Bioshock Infinite if it was good. (laughs) (laughs) Ta-da! Well, first of all, uh, you monster. Everyone knows Bioshock Infinite was good, and that was a low blow. Okay, I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah. Let me change that. Dishonored is Bioshock Infinite if it were really good. Le- Bioshock Dishonored is the game that you wanted Bioshock Infinite to be. Yes, Dishonored is the game that Bioshock Infinite Dishonored is the game that you wanted Bioshock Infinite to be. But Dishonored is the game Bioshock Infinite advertised itself like it Not be. true at all. Yes, it oh, is. Oh yeah. True. At what part was the stealth of the rail hanging shooting advertisements when you're when you're uh uh, doing the air gliding stuff in Bioshock. That was completely, it was completely advertised as an FPS. The connections between this game and Bioshock Infinite have absolutely nothing to do with the stealth. The fact is about Dishonored is that you can play it as a complete stealth game or, or you, you can, can play, play it, it as like Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. And if you were to play it like Bioshock Infinite, it's a better game. Man, you should play Return to Castle, the Wolfenstein game. It's on out. the list. We'll uh, find out. Well, we should start with the background, because I, for the longest time, I'd be like, hey, we should talk about Dishonored, and I'm like, why the fuck haven't you played Dishonored? Because I like stealth games. Not only, you you love stealth games. You don't just like stealth games. It rewards the one talent that you have better than most people, which is patience. <laughs> it's the one thing that you're good at that, that, that you're much better than most people are at. Do I, I have, I'm patient. Unbelievably patient. Like, inhumanly patient. Like patient enough to do like 30 some odd podcasts with you. Well, first of all, you forced these uh, 10. You didn't hey, force hey, them. Hey, let's, let's not mix words here. I got to watch my language. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just ramble and it just sounds so stupid to me. So yes, I do like, I, I don't love stealth games, but I do like them a lot. Most of the time. You love stealth games. I don't really love them. Yeah, you do. I don't really love anything by default. You like games that involve patience. What was your favorite game last year? Uh. Last of Us. Right. And what was the game before that? It was XCOM. XCOM. Yeah. What are those two games that have in common? (laughs) They're great. They require an unbelievable amount of patience. (laughs) Yes. Okay. You literally like games that stroke your ego, that just jerk jerk you off. They're just like, oh, great. I could just sit here and wait. And then stuff like, like, that's why you like the Alien game. It was, it was. I did like Alien. 
It was a well-presented piece of shit. I mean, it was okay. a good game. All right. So what's, what's the background? Was that the only background you wanted to cover? Well, no, I told you you should play this game. You did. And we were running out of games to play, and we're under a time crunch. I'm like, you need to fucking play this game. Mm -hmm. like, so I did. You, I think you will love this game, and it's very rare that I will recommend anything to you with as much. That's uh, true. Yeah. Like, well, I feel like I'm you too, you I'm recommend two for things two. a lot, but I, you don't stand behind them as recommendations. With you, no. I said, like, you should try this out and see how you feel. Yeah. But there are two things. I'm two for two this, this previous summer. Yep. Now that we're in fall. Mm -hmm. Uh, with Ant-Man and uh, uh, Dishonored. Both, yep. both, I think, pretty risky. Swinging for, for the for, fences. For yeah. various reasons. Yep. Ant-Man, for obvious reasons. Oh, I yeah. think doesn't, no one knows. No one knew what that was going to be like. No. But Dishonored uh, could totally be a game that you weren't into, especially since it was a first-person stealth game. Yes. Do you want to explain to the people, to our people, uh, what Dishonored is? Sure. Uh, the longest story short is that it, um, it's a first-person kind of action stealth game. Right, because you can't just go full-on <clears throat> You can. Murder you can kill time. everybody you want. But um, it's still stealthy murder. It's not like you can just walk up and start shooting everything. Well, they did a good... <clears throat> I, they, they balanced it in a really good way. So the, yeah. the benefit of doing the all-out action version of it is that you get to use some of the amazing powers and you know all the different things you can unlock in this in game. In brutal ways. And, and terrible. Like there's, there's lots of stuff you can do. Um, the trade-off to that being that you... Wait, in, terrible like good terrible? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, the trade-off being that the more you do bad stuff, the more the environment changes to make it more difficult for you to progress through the levels. The without... more people you kill. Not yeah. bad stuff necessarily, but the more people you Sorry, murder. the more people you kill. Right. Yeah, which is what you do if you take the action approach. You right. kill everyone. Right. But uh, it makes it more difficult for you to then be stealthy. Right. It, it almost commits you to that path. Uh, which is a brilliant balance mechanism. Yeah, yeah. The flip side is that... Um, if you go completely stealth, you don't get to take advantage of the cool powers as much. Um, but the more you commit to stealth, the more the game changes in the way that you, you basically play the game differently. You look for different things. Um, you become more uh, apt at finding secret entrances yeah. that you can crawl through. You can et cetera, still use, in the powers defense, you can still use them. You just have to be more careful with how you use them. And you have yes. to be quicker with how you use them. You really do. You really yeah. have, you have to, to like, switch between them very quickly. Yeah, essentially, like by the end of it, you're a professional Korean StarCraft player. <laughs> just like, click, 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 click. And then you're like on the rooftop. And then you're like, okay, I just killed seven guys. Or I just got in through the underwater base thing. Yeah, and it, it was actually really interesting how... They did such a good job of making um, the powers different enough yeah. that you really could figure out your own ways that you wanted to totally. use it. For example, I don't know if you did this at all, but one of the um, techniques that I developed as I played the game was that instead of trying to really sneak anywhere, uh, I would hide and observe the movement pattern of one of the enemies. Of course you would. Why, and then, why would you do that, Matt? As soon as I was guaranteed... Why would you sit and hide instead of take action? Because if you didn't learn the movement pattern first, you, would, it, you moved really slowly when you were sneaking. Yeah. And very often you would sneak, and then all of a sudden the guard would stop and turn around and you'd be fucked. Yeah. So a cooler way that I found to do it was there was this really awesome power called Blink, which allowed you to teleport anywhere you could right. put your cursor within vision. So I would wait until I was guaranteed that the enemy was going to stop for at least a second or two in one spot. I would blink to right behind him and strangle him. Yeah. Just in like one quick motion. And yep. I would do that all the time. And it was awesome every time. 
Yeah, the uh, the setting, the theme of of the whole thing is is sort of a steampunky. Yep. Uh, like eighteen hundreds industrial. Yeah, steampunk. It's pretty yeah, much it's steampunk. Pretty steampunk. Yeah. Uh, which leads to the most amazing uh mask oh, ever. That's great. Like, yeah. just created. Just so pure. I mean, it's still a skull mask, but yeah. just a ton of imagination in the construction and the details of. And you only see it like on and off like one or two times. And you and you only see it from the perspective of taking it off your own face. Yeah. And yeah. it just looks so cool. I love that they spend so much time on the detail of this this very like pretty much showpiece object yeah. uh, and show how it would fit on someone's face. Yeah. They did a lot of uh, like the inside of it as you see it going on yeah. your face. They've got all these little like kind of little gear things. Yeah. There's like a stuff. mystical element to it as well. There's some sort of like sort of careless god involved in giving you powers and stuff. Yeah, he talks to you throughout the game and and you can't tell He talks in like one of this I remember he has like the very good Corvo. Yeah, that like sort of thing. like yeah. the uh uh fox from Broken Age. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember they're the same voice actually. I think you did this quite well. <laughs> so he does a couple of things and again, uh, I'm curious actually to do a little bit of research um as to how you play in the game if that impacts how he talks to you because he definitely straddles the fence how he communicates whether yeah. he supports your I, actions other people's actions violence not violence that's i mean the whole the whole the, how you play changes how everyone reacts to you in the game changes who the princess becomes in the game seriously yeah absolutely really yeah it's a really well thought out game wow yeah so i mean like the princess becomes a like the, there's two different endings i think you know that right i didn't yep two different endings uh, one is the peaceful one, which you saw, cause fucking, fucking Matt, you and I, we just pick the same path all the yeah. time. Yeah. Matt and Kenny fucking Lightbringer, just going through the <laughs> closet, like, let's not kill anyone. I just got to remember, I, sh- I should have told, yeah, but if I, if you went on an, on, on, on a like crazy blood, it, it would have violated your favorite reason yeah. to play those games. Mm-hmm. So I should have done it. Cause that would have been much more yeah. my style. You really should have. Just more careless and less. It would have been just like Bioshock Infinite, only better. Yeah. Well, the thing I like about Bioshock Infinite is it's a great game that most people like and everyone should play. The unfortunate thing, though, was that the only thing you could really do in Bioshock Infinite was the first person shooter stuff. Let's get off Bioshock Infinite. In Dishonored, you can do a lot more. That's funny because the the only thing you could do in The Last of Us was hide and shoot, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's if we're just just breaking down things to their basic mechanics. It is. Is Bioshock Infinite even a game? There's Matt? no cover. There's is no it cover. even a game, Matt? There's no cover. Um, you can hide behind things. No, that is objectively cover. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. So yes, it's very steampunky. Yeah. Um, and the story itself is your traditional uh, <laughs> nice segue revenge story. You know, you are the bodyguard to uh, the queen, princess. What what do you want to call her? Uh, she she sits on the throne. She's the queen of she's princess. And she gets murdered. You're the bodyguard to the queen. To the queen, yes. And but she gets murdered. And then you the also princess. oversee the princess, yeah. Right. Gets so kidnapped. the queen the queen gets murdered. I think. The princess gets kidnapped and you get framed for the murder. Yeah. And then you get broken out of prison by this rogue bunch of agents. Yeah. And they basically give you all the things that you need to go and avenge all of that and bring the princess back so that she can reclaim the throne. Right. And then there's this really great plot twist where... Which is very much like an M. Night twist. It, it was, yeah. It yeah, was yeah. a little bit. Um, where... The bad guys are the good guys. They really are very thankful that you got the princess back um, because it allows them to then 
basically uh, rise politically, rise politically and influence her. But they know that if you're around, you won't let them influence her. So they they kill you. Yeah. Well, so they think. And it's so it's you and the go on. But you're not dead. And then you fight your way back and you get all those guys, too. Yeah. And then you save the princess. Then she goes on the throne and it's great. It's just you, the princess, and your boat friend. Yeah, Samuel. Samuel. Samuel the boat It's man. been a long time since I played this game. It's been about two years, but it was so good that I still remember some amazing elements from it. One of my favorite levels is it's literally just a party. You just go to oh, a party. Oh, the mask party? Yeah. And Which was great because you wear your mask. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just wear your assassin mask and, um, and you just walk around um, and there are so many ways. I, the... The complexity of their level design, the amount of stuff that I haven't discovered in that game, but has shown up in things that I that I didn't discover while playing through. Sure, but yeah. like, there's all these side quests and stuff that mm-hmm. you never, I never even got to, because it's so open. There is very few games that are as o- designed as open. You can, I mean, it's designed so that you can pretty much go anywhere yeah. in the map, and you can do again, even. It's not just that you can choose the stealth path or the kill everybody path. There's different kill paths and there's different stealth paths. Yeah. And along each of those paths, there's one main mission and there's three submissions. Right. And you can either do the submissions or sometimes you don't even find the submissions. Yeah. And then the submissions. I didn't find a lot of the submissions. You can do the submissions in different ways too. It's, it's, yeah. it's very, I mean, to clarify, in the mask party, you're going there searching for a particular person. Yeah. But you don't know what she looks like. And she's a sister of three who are hosting this party. And you essentially have to interview people, but they don't know you're interviewing them, search through documents, creep through the place, try and figure out if you can try to identify, based on the information you know, which sister is the target you're looking for. Yeah. And then even once you figure that out, you have to decide, if I'm taking her out, I have to take everyone with me. Or if I'm taking her out silently, how do I get her out of there? With, I mean, we're in the middle of a party and she's hosting it. Everyone's going to know if I take her out. Very like simple but complicated things that made it very interesting how you decided to progress through each of the levels. What was well, another interesting fact about that stuff is you don't actually have to kill her. No, I didn't kill anyone. They except the guy in the duel. Which you didn't have to. Which I only thought after I thought obviously that was like a You almost had a perfect stealth run. (sighs) It really irritated me too because it was Did you save it? Did you have a save anytime before? Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, there's this one point in the game where the guy the guy who's sending you on the mission says Oh, hey, by the way, if you bump into Kenny, you know, if you could pass along. Not actually Kenny. No, not, I'm just, yeah. for conversation piece, I don't remember the guy's name. Yeah. Well, if I mean, you bump hey, into not, Kenny. Let's not talk about the guy you kill in, with your co-host name. Okay. To it. Okay. Sorry. Um, if you bump into Matt. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Let him know that, you know, I sent you. And so you're like, okay, sure. Optional task. That's really easy. So you bump into Matt and you're like, hey, Matt, uh, you don't know me, but Kenny sent me. And he's like, oh, he sent you to do the duel in his place? Well, all right, pull up your pistol. Let's do it. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> what did this guy sign me up for? Yeah. Um, and it's the only part in the game where there is something that's outside the scope of a mission. It's a direct task where the, whole, the only task appeared to be there's kill a, this person. There's a video where it shows you can blink behind him yeah, and strangle I mean, him. And as, as soon as I killed him, I was like, oh, I totally could have just frozen You were like time. halfway through the game, yeah, too. Yeah, I, I just completely spaced on it because of how they framed the there's, mission. Because there's an achievement for uh, not killing anyone. Yeah. It's really hard to get. I would have gotten it. Yeah. He's literally the what, only guy What, did you play on normal? Did you play on yeah, normal? Yeah, I played on normal. Unbelievable amount of patience. It didn't take that long. Yeah. 
the kind of patience that develops amazing stories in games like Bioshock Infinite. So the funny thing was, I did actually slow down time because I was like, well, I don't want him to shoot me, right? So yeah. I slowed down time so that I could aim right for his head. <laughs> what was your favorite uh, approach that you did? My favorite approach? Is there one that you were particularly proud of? Uh, the one I was the most proud of is the one where you're in, uh, you had to basically capture the scientist, take him prisoner. Uh, and he's holed up in like the greenhouse of his house and he's guarded in every direction. Uh, and then he's inside a block in a city that's also defended. And you had to come in through like a waterway. And it was a, it's a huge city level. And it was the first uh, level in which traversing up and down on the buildings was almost a requirement for getting around. So it made that level seem particularly huge compared to the other ones. And I liked my approach because the stealth person in me was like, well, obviously the easiest way to get around without people seeing me would be to stick to the rooftops as much as I can, which was harder than you think. Cause there's big like gaps. There's big gaps. Right. And then I finally found what I thought was going to be the place where this, this guy would be located. And so I did a really awesome, just like, you know, blinking approach uh, to the top of this rooftop, broke in through one door, and there was the guy. I, I literally, I just, I advanced almost perfectly the first time through the entire level, didn't even see anybody, and then broke into the right door where the guy I was supposed to capture was, knocked him out, picked him up, took him out. I was like, that was awesome. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. So I think that was my favorite. That, that was the one I felt the most heroic yeah. in. Um, Story-wise, I thought, I thought the one that was the most difficult was, uh, I don't remember where in the level it was, but you basically had to destroy the flood lamps uh, in order to escape back out of the city at nighttime. Otherwise, the boatman wasn't going to be able to take you out. And Was the, that with the walkers nearby? Yeah, I think it was yeah. the first time you'd encountered them. Yeah. And so the way they placed the enemies in that level... And then the fact that the walkers were always kind of over overlooking. Yeah, there are like steampunk walkers, guys on stilts. It that made are, it. It made it yeah. really hard to get in and out without getting noticed. Yeah. Which notice getting noticed isn't a big deal as far as like I wasn't like oh I got noticed start over I'm, I'm not that you know super crazy about it. But as soon as you're noticed, it makes it more difficult for you to progress to that area unless you're even more patient and wait for everything to subside. And that's where are the, you. That's only the, that's were one of the more patient. Not really. You were kind of more patient though. I was, but that's one of yeah, the only, that's one of the only times where I was like, oh, I really wish I didn't. You have kind to of do blush this right when now. we talk about how patient you are, as if it's like a like like it's something to be embarrassed about. Well, I don't know. Not many people have patience. It's a rare gift, my friend. All right. Yeah. Thanks. So maybe don't be such a douchebag about it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I think that was my favorite. That was the most difficult one. That you know, even though it was hard, I was like, oh, this is really well done. It's actually making it very difficult for me to sneak around and do the things I want to do. Do you know uh, what I really didn't like about Dishonored? What? I thought the levels got really repetitive and boring after a while. I could agree with that. I think that the design was really gray. It was very, very gray. And in fact, one of the reasons I like the party so much is because it's one of the few areas with color. Mm -hmm. Now, I know thematically that makes sense because it's essentially a dying city with a plague involved. It's yeah. like kind of a medieval industrial thing. But at a certain point, I was just like, I think... The stealth, like even being as powerful as I was, it was just going through building great, like pretty boring looking buildings. Yeah. Um, I found, I, I think if you, I, I don't know if you had the same thing that I did, but it, I was very, I was obviously very committed to the stealth aspect. And no, so, I did. No, I, I was, I was, I, I got the no rats ending because the rats become cool. So one of the things that happens is if you kill 
the, there's killer rats that really fuck you up. Oh yeah, they're terrible. They're they grow and multiply in number based on the amount of people you kill. So by the end, you're essentially doing rat dodging stealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rats kill a bunch of the bad guys too. I mean, they're pretty much like a face. Like they don't have any opinion. Yeah, they don't have. They don't, they don't pick sides. Yeah. They're not politically inclined. They're just killers. Yeah. Um, and then essentially how you play the game influences, like I said, the ending, how the kingdom turns out if the plague gets dealt with, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so murdering a lot is the bad ending. Uh, for uh, I played stealthily, um, mm-hmm. mostly because I thought it was a very fair and interesting stealth system. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I could always counter something. And if something really bad happened, I could get the fuck away quickly without... Sure. Without having to deal with any major repercussions. Although I did die every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I died quite a bit. Yeah. And it's... Uh, uh, what were we talking about before this? We are talking about rats. No, no, no. Before that. This led from something. The design of the level. Yeah, you were talking about how it was gray. Yeah. And you were talking about how I played it. And how you played it. And why that would be different for how gray everything was. Or I, why it wouldn't be. What I was about to suggest is one of the things that I think helped me with that. Was that because I was doing stealth. I spent a lot of times in the water in tunnels and up on the roof of buildings. So yeah. that helped break the monotony a little bit, but I did notice that every time you had to go through buildings or in buildings or out of doors and all that sort of stuff that, yeah, it was like, yeah, I feel like I kind of been through this stairway a couple of times. Yeah. Like they would have these, a, a beautiful, like in the main sort of areas where the, the bad guy would be, they have these like really sometimes ornate and wonderfully like, because it kind of has a cartoony style. It's really yeah, interesting. A little bit. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and they would have these really grandiose, like, eight, you know, 19th century looking uh, constructions, like out of the Titanic, you know, like, yeah. the, or like hallways from early Germany, you mm-hmm. know, early 1900s Germany. And then you would, uh, then you'd go into the rooms upstairs and you'd be like, yeah, these are just rooms. Yeah. And which is probably, it's true to the period. Sure. But it, it, for a game that, that looked, really amazing when it when it really went all out it feels like they could have put more not necessarily thought because the thought was definitely in how you can maneuver through these places that was very clear that the paths were kind of really well thought out and sometimes just probably randomly like really good uh but that they weren't really interesting to stealth through is is um is one of the big problems by the end of it i was just like oh look another gray area fortress you know it's just like it was pretty it was pretty bland towards the end so if i was to try and pinpoint what exactly what i thought it was that caused that issue i think it was actually brought to my attention in the final level which was the fortress which i thought like some of the other levels before it was very um there was big there was a lot of hallways there was a lot of all these like in between open space not open space a lot of same in there however the one thing that was different about that level which reminded me of previous levels, like in the in the the first city you go to, for example, was a lot of shadows, um, and so I think that in the levels where they paid close attention to the lighting, even when you were indoors, uh, and now I can't remember the name of it, but you go inside, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was one of the middle levels where you yeah. go inside a normal building, but the way they'd done, there was stained glass on the roof and everything, uh, and everything was lit in this really cool way, so you could hide, you felt like you were in the shadows and not out of the shadows. Anytime they did that in a level, the drabness of the level design and even the colors didn't bother me as much. Right. Well, because it had character. Yeah, it, it brought that back and out. And a lot of the level design is is characterless. Yeah. It's, it feels true to the time. Like, it feels like rooms would look in, in a place sure. like that. 
Um, and it, you know, it feels drab, uh, but I kind of, I, I mean, just, I, at a certain point, um, it just was visually boring. Mm -hmm. Um, it was really fun to sneak up on people and yeah. like the, like all the character stuff was really good. And they have so many, I, if you get a chance, you should look at some of the speed runs that people do with all the stealth things. Oh, I'm sure. They're amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. They're doing things like throwing up a knife uh, in the air and then killing a bunch of people. And then the knife lands on one of the guys and kills wow. them. Yeah. They're like, it's like a thing. There but, was some great, I mean, uh, I could, I can see how that would be uh, the potential in that because there yeah. were definitely a couple of levels where the best, I had found what I thought bar none must be the best way to move stealthily through the level. Yeah. And you'd get to a certain point and you'd die. Yeah. And so I'd find myself running very quickly, like sneaking very quickly, you know, get a, become a rat, go through the tunnel, jump over the thing, go around that guy, take that guy out. No, don't do that guy. Jump over. And I do it consistently like five times in a row. And I got really good at that one yeah. path. <laughs> and the best thing about really well-designed stealth games is when you are walking out after having gone through this incredibly complex stealth area and you'd be like, oh, I could have just gone through the fucking window. Right. <laughs> I found that a lot where you'd be like, you'd kind of sneak around yeah. like 20 guys and you'd yeah. be like, oh my gosh, that, like, was that was really hard. That was so difficult. And then you'd look down and you'd be like, oh, there's a tunnel I could have just gone Literally through. Literally leads a rat. to like right <laughs> above the bad guys. Yeah. Bedroom. yeah, yeah. It was, that was, and that's what, that's what the really shined, um, uh, to create a game like that feels like it's just a, I don't know. It feels like you either have to approach it where like, okay, we're just going to create the system and sort of and see how the chaos sort of wraps itself mm -hmm. around that. Or they have to meticulously plan out potential paths. Yeah. Like, like if you're designing for something like I need to make sure that all the roofs are accessible to certain points in the level, or are you like, we're designing this roof. So it leads to a certain point. Yeah. I'm really, I'd be really interested to see how they approach that. Um, Cause I think that, I think this is one of those games where the gameplay and the level design are just so, uh, they're so, they're either so well done uh, and so well thought out that um, they've executed it almost flawlessly in terms of what you're able to do hmm. or the rules they use for developing them, developing them were so, uh, well thought out that that it just led to these random sort of beautiful moments yeah beautiful in a sense yeah i mean drab and gray but or you know with a painting of you know on the wall in, yeah in a bed. It's, it's that thing in the game where they did a really good job of making you feel like you could literally do anything yeah when we both know well you can't do anything they had to put some restrictions right. on it in some way but they don't make it feel like there are restrictions no no and you find yourself you know walking around and then you go and you do a certain path and then if you go and look up how someone else killed it you're just like fuck me yeah. like <laughs> that's like and then it's also good that makes you feel bad for not being as imaginative as you could be because some people just have unbelievably good imaginations of killing people in video games. Mm -hmm. Like they just, they just know they have their tool set and they can create these entire schemes. And I mean, I got pretty good and there were a couple of kills that were like, Oh, that was pretty clever. And I went with, I mostly saved people's lives, but I killed some people. Uh, but I don't regret it. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, you look at someone who's just like that. The, um, party is a great example. You said you had to like you have to deal with the person. This person possessed her, ran her to a, into a room that was on fire, and then just walked out. <laughs> so no one, no one, uh, no one saw or heard anything, and you, they they just walk right out of the party. One of my um, 
one of my, the favorite ones that I ever uh, completed was in the final level, you're climbing up the tower and you get to this one point where there's no way around the guards. Yeah. You have to go through them. Um, so you only have two options. One is you were taking the kill path and you're going to go kill all these guys. The other is you have to have that, you have to unlock the um, possession power so that you can, and upgraded it so that you can possess humans. Um, and you have to have enough mana that you can actually perform that a couple of times. Yeah. So once I figured this out, I've got, I mean, I'm working my way up and I made, I did the final run through um, of this and I got up to the very top and I'm going to turn the corner. This is the first time I've seen this in this level because I've never made it this far before. And I was like, sweet, I made it all the way to, the, to this part. I made it past all the guards and I turn the corner and there's one more guard. And I'm like, shit. So I'm thinking I have to get close to him and get behind him because as soon as I... You're out of mana at this point, right? right? Soon, no, no, I have some mana, but okay. I'm, I need to refill it really okay. quick. Yeah. So I've depleted my current stock of mana. I need to refill it to do anything else. But I need to get behind this guy so that when my possession ends, I'm on the other side of him so I can take him out. Yeah. If I don't make it to the back side of him, I'm going to be in trouble right here. I'm going to have to start all over again. So I... Um, I, pos- I try to make it to the back, but I don't make it in time. I'm like, I'm rushing to get behind him and I unpossess the guy. And when that happens, he gets killed. So the guard just falls dead in front of the other guard and I'm standing <laughs> behind that guard and the guy's like, oh. now, fortunately, he's the last one, right? So normally they would alert people, but we're in this huge open space and he's the only guard left. Yeah. But he immediately pulls out his gun and goes to fire a thing at me and he fires the gun. But he fires it right as I had accidentally done the slow time one instead of the possession one again. Because I was thinking, oh, I'll just possess him and go through the, the rest of the thing. So I slow time and I, I start moving around behind him because I'm going to kill him, right? And I noticed the bullet is out of his gun, heading towards the space where I was. So I pick him up and I move him, him, him. And I, what happened to my mic? Oh, I'm getting fuzzy feedback. Hopefully that didn't come through. So I move him in front of his own bullet and then I unstop the time and he got killed by the bullet. And then I was like, oh, I got to restart anyways because I killed him. So then I had to really quickly restart my game. But you can do shit like that in this game, which yeah. is pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah, it was. I was like, hey, that's a live bullet. I'm just going to put it in front of it. It's just like, so he basically shot himself. That's what is, I mean about them creating a set of rules and then just kind of making it a playground. Yeah, because that's the kind of thing I don't think you can plan for that. Yeah, and the fact that that happens is uh, a sign of incredibly well thought out like game design. Yeah, um, and so, on that bombshell, no, I'm I'm going to oh, tell you about more? yeah I'm going to tell you about something that I didn't You're like not about make the game. Fun of Bioshock Infinite. No, no, no. Okay. this is something I didn't like about the game, which is different from what you didn't like about the game. Right. It suffered from Batman Detective Mode. Oh, where you're always in. Uh, it had this power called Dark Vision. Uh-huh. which you had to use to see the, the yeah. field of vision and see people through walls. And you were constantly using it, especially in stealth. Um, and I think they should have just, they should have limited the scope of that power a little bit. You know what's funny? What? I barely used that power. I'm, I'm sure. The whole time. But it was, it was very, it was too useful. So I used it too much. And I, tr- yeah. I even got to a point in the game where I was like, don't use it. Just like peek around corners, just do it old school. But it was so powerful that I yeah. like, felt like i needed to use it yeah i don't think i upgraded it until the last round on top of that every time you switch into the power there's like this voice that like as you're switching into the power it's like yeah every time you switch into it yep which 
trust me, my wife was sitting in the room sometimes while I was playing this game. And after about four switches in 30 seconds, she'd look over at me like, what is that noise? And why does it keep happening? Well, there's, <laughs> why does it keep you happening? You don't hear that. Like, there's whispers with every power. When you do the teleport, there's like a whoosh. There's like a hush. Yeah, but that, it doesn't bother you. Because you're like, you're blinking and you're doing an action. And it's like, whoosh, whoosh, you know, doing all this stuff. But that yeah, one's like, whoosh, Sounds and like it, a Nazgul. Yeah, it's like someone, uh, and it's every time you switch in and out of it, and it's happening like eight times in ten seconds, yeah. it's like, ugh. Nazgul, just... of course, being the sandworms in Dune. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that was one thing I didn't like. I wish that they, it was, it was reminded me of detective mode, where I found myself constantly in it and trying to tell myself, don't use that, because it's making it irritate. So on the delicata scam- sandwich scale, where would you put it? The cranberry turkey? No, no, I would put this, um, this would probably be Pavo Diablo level. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The game or that particular thing? That's the name of the sandwich they serve. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's really good. No, I mean, but the game, what, the it, game in the rating system. The game is on Pavo Diablo level. Oh, yes. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good game. It, it was really great. And there's a sequel coming out. Yeah, and I'm And there's a definitive edition coming out for uh, Xbox One and PS4. Use our Amazon link on the site. Yay. So yeah. we get money. So that, that was Dishonored. Give us money. Um, it's, it's a, you know, I guess surprising to me because I'd heard, I'd heard a lot about it and I just hadn't played it. And I just, you know, you never know after all that time, you know, what a game is going to be like. Um, we didn't even talk about the art style, but it's, it's great. It's interesting. It's, they did a really good job. You know, if there's one thing we guarantee about the games, even the Bureau. Yeah. It's that the art style is at least interesting. Uh, some of the voice acting was also really kitschy in a good way. Like yeah. some of the, like the generals were very like, Corbin. so blah, blah, blah. And yeah. you're like, oh, this is kind but of But then fun. they turn out to be assholes. Yeah. That's the best way of using kitschy names. Yeah. Today. So it was kind of fun. Uh, I knew you'd love it. And uh, I'm glad you played it finally, Matt. There's, there's powers in there that are great. I didn't even use all of them. I don't I even know. know what the rat swarm yeah. thing does. I don't even, I never, you send never got it. send a swarm of rats at people. It kills the I shit assumed, out of them. I assumed, but yeah. I never got it, obviously, because, yeah. you know, it would kill people. Yeah, it's like, all of them look interesting, unlike Deus Ex Human Revolution, where you thought something looked interesting, and then it turned out to just be a complete waste of thing, and you had to respect yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you had to climb a ladder. Side note, I just realized that we can send subliminal messages. Like, you know, while you're talking, I can whisper something in the thing. So that might be a, a future form of effective advertising. Huh. Be like, Squarespace. Interesting. Because you know? Squarespace supports everyone. Yeah. And like, the, I mean. They're like the podcast thing. Yeah. 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 You just gave more money. To, <laughs> you gave more free advertising. To them. Well, they're not as good as Delicata. No. Um, yeah. So I, I hopefully we covered enough of that game. Uh, if you're like me and you hadn't played it, <laughs> you should definitely play it. Yeah. Uh, Especially if you like... Especially if Kenny recommends it to you. No, especially if you especially like... Especially if Kenny recommends it to you. That's definitely yes. Us. Yes. Say it. If Kenny recommends it to you, there you definitely it is. Play. <sighs> if you like... Uh, you know, I would, I would compare this more to um, some of the old Thief games. Those were, you know, some of the ones that I thought... You know, also would... games that were brutal but fair. So... Yeah, if you, if you were a big fan of those games like I was, this is like, you know, if you would imagine what a modern reinterpretation. I haven't played the new Thief yet because that got terrible reviews. But this is what I would think a kind of modern day Thief would be like. That's why people really liked it. And that's why it sort of grew in acclaim because it's sort of an homage to it in oh. many ways. I, I can totally relate to that. Definitely felt like one. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's a really good game. Yeah. So yeah, that's Dishonored. So yeah. I'm trying to like uh, remind myself that we should do a little bit more housekeeping in some of these episodes. Sometimes so there's patreon.com slash chips and bits. Chips and bits all spelled out. Mm-hmm. And that's if you want to support us. 
There's our iTunes. If you could tell your friends to review us or re- review us again your, under a fake name or dog. Oh yeah, fake accounts. That's great. Yeah, that's fine. They don't they don't hunt those. Yeah. They don't find that down. Those Just people. you know, fake accounts with five stars. No fake accounts with one stars because yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else. Uh, we got one episode left, and then we're done with the season. We're taking a break. Yeah, winter break. Yeah. Um, boy, it's rough doing ten episodes. It is. Yeah. But yeah, we're trying to true detective the situation. Yeah. We're yeah. so yeah. That's that's the pandering part of the episode. Um. I don't. I feel like I don't feel like I'm done pandering. Why? Thank you so much for listening to us. We know you have so many choices. Yes. When, when it comes, comes to, to pod- vi- and video game so podcast with white dudes. With two white dudes <laughs> talking about video games, uh, which I know you like our fresh perspective on things. Oh, yes. Uh, and uh, obviously, you are the most talented, beautiful people yes. on the planet. And we appreciate your support. How else can we pander? There's, a, this, there's 5% more you can support us by reviewing us or anything else. We would very much appreciate it. You know, I hope Delicatus never closes because then all these references will seem very <laughs> dated. They already seem pretty dated, Kenny. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I think, next, I think it's a new sandwich shop next year. All right. Next season. Season four. I'll see what I can do. Arby. So thank you for joining us. Uh, I've been your host this week, Matthew Anderson. Signing off across from me is the wonderful... Kenny Myers. There it is. Thanks for listening. See you next month. God bless you.